It was during my third year of seminary that we moved into the new building, the new seminary on the River Valley in Edmonton. And because of that, Salt and Light Television wanted to do a little feature, kind of a mini documentary on the new seminary. And so they interviewed a few of us seminarians. And I remember when I was being interviewed by the director, at a certain point he kind of stopped and he said, man, you guys sure talk about how hard it is to be in seminary. Basically implying, is there anything good about being here? And I took that away and I started thinking about it and realized that up until that point, the way that I was going about discernment was basically trying to learn how to accept all the things that I would have to give up to be a priest, to be okay with everything that I would leave behind, particularly the biggest one being obviously celibacy. And it was in that moment that I realized I'm missing the point. It's not about accepting the things that I have to give up. It's about what giving those things up allows me to live for. And do I love the thing that I'm living for enough to willingly give those things up? See, if I asked all of you to list off all of the things that Catholics can't do, I'm sure you could come up with a pretty hearty list. Right? There's all these different things that we can't, we shouldn't do as Catholics that the church teaches us are not good for us in living the spiritual life. But if I asked you to write a list of what does your Catholic faith allow you to do that otherwise wouldn't be true of your life if you weren't Catholic, could you come up with a list for that? See, sometimes we have to think about it more like List the things that you can do because you are a Christian. Or another way to look at it is because you choose to not do the things that you're told you cannot, what does that allow you to do? I'll say that again because it's kind of a convoluted sentence. But because you make the choice to not do the things that God and the church teach you are not good for you, what good does that bring about in your life? This is why we give up good things in the Christian life, is so that we are being led to live for something even better. But if we forget the better thing that we're striving for, then all that we do is just try to learn how to accept to give up the things that are good, or maybe become resentful because I have to give this up, but my neighbors don't. Or we just do it anyway because, wow, well, it's not that bad. I'm not a bad person if I do these things. But this is the lens that we have to look at the readings today from. When we hear the story of Elijah and Elisha, right, there's this kind of very stark image of Elisha going back home and slaughtering all of his oxen, cooking it and feeding it to the villagers and then running off to follow Elijah. Why would he do that? Well, by getting rid of all of his livestock, what he's doing is he's giving himself no option. His only option now in life is to be a disciple of Elijah. 
because he's got nothing to go home to. His whole inheritance he gave away to everybody in the village that he lived in. Now all he has left is to live his life as a disciple of Elijah and a prophet of God. Or when we hear these seemingly harsh words from Jesus to the people who approach him while he's on the road. When he said, one man comes and says, I'll follow you wherever you go. And Jesus says, well, you don't get to say goodbye to your mother or father. Follow me instead. Or when Jesus tells another, come follow me, and he says, well, let me first go bury my father. And Jesus responds with, let the dead bury their own dead. What he's trying to teach them in this is not that burying your own parents is a bad thing. Not that saying goodbye to your mother and father is a bad thing. But look, I'm leading you to something even more profound and bigger than the love that you have for your family. And if you want kind of a concrete, simple example, for most of you here, if you went away for a family reunion or a family gathering over a weekend, how hard is it for you to pull away from that family event to go and find a church to have Sunday Mass while you're with them? Because for most of you here, the reality is, is that most of your family doesn't practice the faith or that most of them are willing to give up a Sunday Mass because this is family weekend. But are we willing to say no to that good thing long enough to say yes to the better thing of the way that we worship God and we come to receive communion with God. That's the invitation and the challenge. To not get bogged down in what I have to give up, what I'm not permitted to do, but rather to think of what God, the good thing that God is leading us to. And that kind of gets captured at the beginning of the passage that we heard from Paul's letter to the Galatians with this great verse of for freedom Christ has set us free. This is the point. This is why we say no to some things, for the sake of freedom, true freedom, the Christian understanding of freedom. Right? For those of you that are married, right? The day that you got married, you said no to every other possible person that you could marry for the rest of your life so that you could say yes totally and completely to this other person. And it's only by saying no to all of these others that you have the possibility of saying yes completely to this one person for your whole life. We know what happens when one or both spouses start to think about the grass being greener on the other side. Well, what if I married this person instead? or I seem to be way more compatible with this person than I am with my spouse right now. It becomes impossible to fully give yourself in love to the one that you're married to. You have to say no to all of these others for the sake of living the love that is possible in married life. If you start to think that the love that you have in your marriage might be equal to the love that you find somewhere else, then it's a toss-up. But if you give yourself completely to that marriage, 
with the idea that I'm going to pursue the most profound experience of love that is possible in the human experience by giving my life totally to this person. Then saying no to all those others is like, so what? I don't care. I don't need any of that. I already have what I'm looking for. Because for freedom, Christ has set us free. When we're truly living in that spirit, we gladly give up good things in this life for the sake of the better things that God is leading us to. But if we don't, we can fall into a trap of this false idea of freedom. The idea of freedom that is most commonly talked about. The idea of freedom that I get to choose what I want for myself or for those around me. But the reality is, is that pretty much every one of us here is actually slaves to things that we don't realize. Whether that's things or patterns of thought or habits of life. And we become a slave to it without realizing it. And then we lack the freedom to actually choose the things that are most important in life. Right? You can do it for something as silly as go home after mass today and go into your home to the thing that you love most in your home. Right? Maybe it's an heirloom, maybe it's a favorite piece of clothing that you just feel really good when you wear it, maybe it's a favorite pair of shoes. And think about giving that away today. Just that little thing. And see how you emotionally, emotionally react to that possibility. Does it start to make you anxious at the possibility of having to get rid of this thing that you treasure in your life, in your home? It's not the worst kind of slavery, but you're attached to that thing more than the gift of generosity that we're called to in the spirit. And there are many ways in which we can enslave ourselves. That's an easy one because it's material and concrete, but what about the ways in patterns of thought? in attachment to disordered things. And then we actually begin to lack the freedom to love in the way that we are taught as Christian people. Because for freedom, Christ has set us free. So maybe just think, often the coming summer months is a time where we let loose a little bit, right? We have all of our good habits 10 months out of the year, but in Canada and Alberta, we get two months of like good weather. So we're gonna just take advantage of it as much as we can. Maybe think about one thing, one good thing that you should say no to for the sake of continuing to grow in deeper love of Christ. Right, maybe it is that family reunion or family gathering on a weekend and saying, nope, no matter what, I'm going to find the closest church to where we are and make sure that I get to Mass, even if it's 45 minutes drive one way. Maybe it's just saying no to some of the pleasures of summertime. That I say no to this thing because it will provide me the opportunity for this better thing. What are we willing to say no to for the sake of the good things that God desires for us? Because otherwise, if we just think about what we have to give up, we either get resentful or we give up the fight. 
We say no to good things for the sake of the better things that are offered, because for freedom, Christ has set us free.